The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We have a great show for you guys today. We Not only do we have Hollywood royalty, we also have music royalty coming on. And uh, so it's going to be a great show. We're very excited about it. Before we get started, let me introduce you to my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, everybody. It's going to be a great show. I met Morgan years ago. I'm trying to – actually, I forgot that I met her. And a good friend of mine in New York said, don't you remember meeting her? You told me all about it years ago. I said, you know, I meet so many people. How do I remember? But in my memory now, starting to think of it, I remember that she had the most wonderful head of hair and the most beautiful face. Her face was like ivory, chiseled ivory. Now we have to find out where we met. <clears throat> That's like, you know, I went to a restaurant one day, had lunch, and Joan Collins was at the table next to me. Do you think I know the name of the restaurant? Oh, I know it was on 3rd in Los Angeles, and it was upstairs on the balcony where we ate. I have eaten in so many restaurants, and I see so many celebrities, because when you know we hung out in those days, we all hung out together. The crowd used to go up to San Angelo's Pizzeria in Beverly Glen, and that's where all the soapies, big stars of Dynasty and all the other stars hung out. And I went up there with my very best friends, Diane Parkinson and Janice Pennington from The Price is Right. And uh, we knew San Pietro, I think it was called. Because Peter, I think, went off to marry, what's her name from uh, Wheel of Fortune? Uh, Vanna White. Vanna White. If my things are all correct, I don't remember. But anyway, we all used to drive up to Beverly Glen and we hid behind bushes that were put on the patio so that the drive-bys couldn't see who they were. There was always, I mean, that beautiful girl, I forgot her name, 
from one of those, one of the beautiful eye makeup, the blonde, a big star from one of those shows of the day, used to hang out there all the time. Why can't I remember her name? She was so sweet. Anyway, I either met Morgan at, at the candy store or at, um, or maybe at um, one of the restaurants in town. I may have been with Lee Winkler when I met her, or I may have been with Diane Parkinson and, and uh, Jan Pennington, or I may have been with uh, Lee Davis. I was with somebody, but I don't remember where. Awful. You know, some people would fail to meet Morgan, and they would remember it forever. I'm trying hard. Like I said, in our business, we all meet quickly. I don't think she remembers me either. I mean, I'm going to ask her, you know who I am? She's going to say no way. So, you know, I don't feel bad. But I remember her. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. My God, she was all in white. I remember seeing her like a vision, glaring, bright white, with that beautiful light blonde hair and that porcelain face. A beautiful girl. Beautiful. Anyway, let's say hi to our chat room because our chat room is <clears> filling <throat> up. Hello, hello, chat room. We want to say hi. Teresa Saban is in Florida. Don Hinton is in California. Show her your watch. Oh, it's a 40s watch. 49. 49. It's a beautiful shade of, of, of water blue and uh, chartreuse. I, it goes with my parrots, the shirt I have on. <laughs> they love your shirt. Yeah. Eileen is in the chat room. Hey, Eileen. Hi, Eileen. Eileen. How are you? See, Teresa Saban, our artist Miss Kim is in the chat room. And Boomer Mays, the football player, has joined us. And um, I know there's a lot more people, but it's not going fast enough. I can't see, so they've already disappeared. But we got a lot of fun show. Backpack John is in the show um, today. And uh, another person I forgot. Hey, let's just look real quick. I intend to ask Morgan a question. I ask all of the stars that have been on my TV show, past TV show, set the record straight. Um, what was said about you or printed about you that was not true? And now's your chance to set the record straight. Clean it up. And let's see what Morgan has to has to say about that. Um, also, you guys, one uh, one of the reasons um, uh, at World Star PR we're working with the company Fan Room Live, and, and Morgan is going to be doing a Fan Room Live live virtual meet and greet, and uh, it is on the Sunday, February twenty first at five p.m. Eastern time, and you can go to fanroomlive.com to get tickets for it. Um, she's going to be the star of the day for that day, and she's fabulous, and everybody will want to meet her, especially after you see her on our show. Um, so we want to send. I wish I there. could remember what we spoke about because I remember I was seated and she was standing, and she came over to speak to somebody at our table. And then I was introduced to her, but I was spellbound by her beauty. I mean, really and truly, I mean, this woman is extremely gorgeous in person. Camera gets some of it, but in person, she's got piercing features that nose, those eyes, those cheekbones. Just a stunning-looking, beautiful woman. Must and one of my favorite. TV shows of all time, even though it only made it for one season, but I can't wait to ask her about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But I, I, I know I must have said something about, oh, my God, you're so beautiful, because I, I was taken back. And I know all the beauties of Holly. Jesus Christ, Jane Russell was my best friend. Who's more beautiful than Jane Russell? No one. I mean, I've been surrounded by beautiful women all of my life, all of my career life. Jane, Joan uh, Collins down. Oh, yeah. And even the blonde from Dynasty. I knew her. Linda Evans. Linda Evans. My daughter and I, I was going to interview her. We met at a convention center where she was signing pictures. And I said, Linda, do you want to come on my show? Set the record straight. And she said, absolutely, Ron. Pay for my airline I had to come down from Washington State. I'll be on your show. And she was just beautiful and charming and sweet. 
lovely. I mean, I've met so many. Jimmy said I should write a book. I said, I can't write a book because I don't remember all the people I've met. You wrote every part as you were going along. Though. I know. Well, listen, you know, I'm, I'm in the business 64 years. You think I remember 64 years? Come on, give me a break. I mean, from New York City to L.A., back to New York, back to L.A., back to – I mean, I went back and forth like a young Let's girl. say hi real quick. I hope. Uh, Angela Joseph is in the chat Angie, room. I forgot Angela. Angie, How do you ever baby. forget Angela? I never Ian Smith is in Angie. the chat room. Um, so, and Angela did a whole bunch to promote us. We want to give a shout out to Cindy Lady Lake. Lady Lake. She said she has to listen on the replay because she had a doctor's appointment or dentist appointment or something. Okay, good. And okay, um, good, good. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, there's a lot of beautiful women who are so beautiful on television and pictures, and then you meet them in real life, and they're even more beautiful. So that's the way Carmen Electra was when I well, met Carmen Yeah, well, that's how, that's how Morgan Fairchild is. Camera sees in. Oh, she's here too. Let's get her in. Because we don't have a lot of time. Wait, the camera sees Morgan in two dimensions. I saw her in three dimensions. And in three dimensions, hey. she's absolutely the most gorgeous woman in the world. Let's make sure we can hear her. Hello. Oh, uh, can you hear me? Can you yes. hear me? I just heard that lovely compliment. Thank you so much. All we have is compliments. You know, for the you. compliment said. <laughs> Morgan, the compliment said behind your back is the real compliment. I met you years ago. I'm trying to figure out who I was with. I was either with Lee Winkler or, or um, the girls from The Price is Right, who were my good friends. I met you somewhere, and I remember you were in white. You wore white, and your hair was outrageous big. I couldn't get over the porcelain features, and I said to myself, <laughs> Oh my Thank God, you so much. No, you're breathtaking in person. The camera does not do it. Let's do a real intro, though. Let's do an intro. All right, everybody. Let's do an intro. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented and stunningly gorgeous Morgan Fairchild. Hello, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. I, I'm doing so well because you're so, you're still stunningly beautiful. And we're gay. Yeah. <laughs> and we're married. So we're not, so, so we're not know, hitting on we're you. We're not hitting on you. It's right. just fabulous how close you are. No, really and truly. Um, this is my co-host, Ron Russell. He's yes. our outrageous man about yes. town. And before we go any further, I want to invite you. You know, I'm bringing back my old TV show, Set the Record Straight. On that show was Betty Davis, Cliff Robertson, Tippi Hedren, Lauren Bacall, Tony Curtis. The list goes on and on of people I have interviewed over the years because I'm 80 years old and I've been in the business 64 years. So I, I, you know, I knew the old, the old, the oldie ones. I want to invite you to be my first guest when I bring back Set the Record Straight. And I would be so honored to have you up there with those celebrities because you are really just saw you the other day on YouTube. We plugged in a uh, hotel. We watched the, the, the pilot you, episode of Hotel. And you played a prostitute. You were well, so fabulous. I mean, gorgeous is not the word. And I said to myself, there's no money that could ever buy her as a prostitute. That's bad casting. <laughs> they should have gotten a woman less beautiful because, I mean, you'd have to be a million dollar broad for the night. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank I you. Mean, you know, I, I took that because I had the opportunity to work with Betty Davis. Yes, and my so, she's my buddy. Yeah, yeah. And I she kind of like half adopted me. She was so kind and so wonderful and so scary. <laughs> I, I knew Betty very well. I tell everybody, I used to go to parties up in her place on uh, Havenhurst. And she would take a drag on a cigarette and drink scotch at the same time. 
I thought that was fascinating how the scotch and the cigarette was just amazing. <laughs> she, was quite, she was quite a lazy. We, we toned in only because Sherry Belafonte is a dear friend. Yeah, Sherry Belafonte, and so is Lainey Kazana. We saw in the things that they were on it, and then right. you were on it, and I was like, oh my gosh, and more. And, and, oh, and I, I, I love both of them. Lainey Kazana is one of my most, I know Lainey 40 something years, we're very close. I adore Lainey. Adore her. So I was sitting there really in Hollywood heaven. Morgan Fairchild, Lainey Kazan, Sherry Belafonte, of course. And they've all been on our show now that you're on our <laughs> show. <laughs> and, and especially that gorgeous, what's his name? Barbara Streisand's husband, what's his name? Berlin, Jim Berlin. Oh, Jim oh, Berlin. Was he, oh, yes, he was he beautiful Ooh. back then? Wow. Oh, you like and, you know, and I did Pee Wee's Big Adventure with him, too. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Morgan, what's going on now? What, what's happening? You want to go to work again? Um, you know, all what, the time. Well, not this year because the the shutdown, there's just hardly anything going on. But one of the things I'm doing is I'm going to be doing some, um, I guess you'd call them virtual cons, you know, yes. like comic cons. Uh, I'm doing two. I'm doing one for uh, Fan Room Live on February 21st at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. And then I'm doing one for Wizard World on February 6th. Uh, that's at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. And so, you know, I, I try to stay in touch with fans and stuff over the years. And uh, and but this year it's been kind of hard. So it mostly it's been through Twitter and through Instagram and everything. But, um, you know, so this is an opportunity to just reach out to people and uh, answer some of the questions they're always asking me online and uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. You know, how did you like working with so-and-so? Or, you know, what color lipstick is that? <laughs> so two things. Let me first, let me help with that. First of all, you guys, if you want to go to Morgan's Fan Room Live, you go to fanroomlive.com and you can get tickets. And for Wizard World, you go to wizardworldvirtual.com and just plug her name in because they all have a bunch of celebrities coming up. And again, she's for, for uh, Wizard World. She's on February 6th and uh, Fan Room Live at Sunday, February 21st. Um, and we have a chat room full of people with about eight countries represented. So I would like you just to say hi to everybody in the chat Hello. room. Hello. Hello. <laughs> now, everybody's waiting patiently for me to ask the big question. Love how Hedron did this when I interviewed her. You could see it on YouTube. She said, and now Ron Russell's going to ask the most important question in the world. And that question is, what has ever been said about you that is not true? And you want to set that record straight. Do it now, Morgan Fairchild. And now look at she's got to think about it. Well, you know, unless they say plenty of crap about me, that's not true. Oh, listen, there's so many things that have been said that aren't true. It's just hard to narrow it down. I think the main one is that because I play bitches, everybody thinks I am a bitch. But actually, I'm this puppy dog from Texas. So, um, you know, but it's it's just hard to think of one. I. You know, I, I mean, I've had women come up to me in ladies' rooms and accuse me of going out with their boyfriends where I don't know who their boyfriend is, but their boyfriend, <laughs> they apparently caught their boyfriend with some blonde you know, that he said was me. And she said, OK, she's famous. I'll let it go. <laughs> I was having lunch one day on Third Avenue, no, on Third Street, oh, in LA Third. And Joan Collins was in the table next to me. And then I got to talking to Joan Collins and I said, you're really very sweet. You love playing bitches. And she looked at me, she said, it's easy. I am a bitch. <laughs> and said Joan what? Collins, she said, it's easy. I am a bitch. I said, Joan, <laughs> I said, Joan, you're far from a bitch. Joan Collins is one of the nicest, friendliest broads in the world. 
Yeah, she's a friend of mine, too. I mean, we've worked together. We did a special back like in 84 called Blondes versus Brunettes. And of course, we had shows on at the same time. So you always see everybody at the different events and galas and stuff and, and uh, affiliate conventions and stuff. So um, but we've been friends for a long time. And she's a wonderful, wonderful person. Did you, did she you is. Hang, did you ever hang out up at Billy Glenn at some Pianto's Pizzeria with the rest of the soap opera people? Um, once in a while I went in there, um, not, not very often, but once in a while. I think I met you there that's coming in and I was with Janice Pennington and Diane Parkinson from The Price is Right. Yes, and I know them both, yeah. That's where I met you. We were having pizza. Imagine meeting Morgan Hang on, I want to come back pizza. though. Hold on, hold on. All right, so first of all, you guys, Morgan is, she's followed me on Twitter for many years. You can follow her on Twitter. It's at MorgFair, M-O-R-G-F-A-I-R. Her Instagram is MorganFairChild, number one at the end of it. So <laughs> I used to be I used to be a celebrity clothing designer, and so my favorite things that you've done are all the fashion things. I actually own dolls like I had I paid somebody to like record all of them and I have them all on DVD the entire season because it was like my favorite show we had Terry Farrell on our show we've had a bunch of the people from it on our show uh, back in the day I want you to give me some kind of insight and fans because it's literally my favorite like series TV show ever I know it did only went one season but I loved it so tell oh, us thank you because it's my favorite it's my favorite one that I ever did. I love that show. I was just killed when it got canceled. Uh, and I begged, I begged Len Goldberg every time I saw him at, at any gala in town, I would beg him to redo it. I said, hey, I can still play Racine. It doesn't say, you know, how old she's got to be, uh, model agency head. Uh, no, I, I love that. Well, I you want, like, you want stories? What do you want? Yeah, give, me, just give me some kind of a cool story that's not too long since we don't have a lot of time. I, I'm sorry. We only have 20 minutes. With Wait, go, go, go. Go, 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 go. Let's tell. Okay. Tell story. Well, so we were going to shoot in New York. It was a two-hour movie pilot, and we were going to shoot in New York. And I was very excited because one of my hobbies is paleoanthropology, and they were going to have a big paleoanthropology exhibit at the Museum of Natural History. And so um, Len called me up then and said, oh, you know, I just realized you don't have any exterior scenes, so you don't have to go to New York. I said, Len, you got to put me in something so I can go to New York. <laughs> I wanted better this, this uh, you know, I want to see the skulls. <laughs> so so if I, he wrote me a scene in. He wrote me a couple of scenes in. So I have one scene where I come outside of the plaza and say, where's my limo? And, and then I have one with Brenda Vaccaro. We're in the backseat oh, of a friend of mine, Brenda. I was yeah, I love Brenda. And we're in the backseat of the limo. I really don't have anything to say. She's chewing me out because her daughter has gotten suspended from Revlon or whatever because she got caught doing coke. And I'm like sitting here. I'm the model agency head. And I'm thinking I did great because I saved her. She didn't get fired. She just got suspended for a while. And she's screaming at me. And so I have nothing to say. So we're driving down and I'm like, you know, I had gloves. So I'm just like, wait, because Brenda's smoking, you know, and I'm waving, waving, waving. And then when she got out, I just kind of, I kind of ad-libbed and said, James, if I said home, James, and if you can manage to hit Ms. Vaccaro on the way, big points. And you know, they left it in. <laughs> so I was always like ad-libbing my way through all this stuff. So then I get to go to the museum for the thing. And I'm, you know, they've got all these fabulous skulls. It's like, a, if you're into paleoanthropology, it's one, it's a, like first time they've had all the major finds together. So I was very excited to see it. So I'm walking around this big plexiglass square with this very primitive uh, 
skull in their big cheekbones, you know, very looks like very gorilla looking. And so these two guys are walking around it and and uh, saying, what is that? Because it had a big ridge on its head, the skull. And they said, what the hell is that? And I said, uh, well, that's a sagittal crest. And, you know, that you can see where the cheekbones are and the muscles attached up there and had to attach to that because it's a grinding um, herbivore. And, and they looked in there looking at the little cards and they said, you know, how do you, where do you see that? And I said, no, no, I'm just telling you that's not here. It should be here, but it's not here. And they said, aren't you Morgan Fairchild? How do you know this shit? (laughs) (laughs) I said, hey, it's just one of my hobbies. I'm just telling you what you're looking at. (laughs) It really was. It was so my favorite show. Everybody, if you're listening and you can find a way to watch it, it starred uh, Morgan Fairchild, Terry Farrell, Nicholas Sheridan, Brenda Vaccaro, Dak Rambo, Mimi Rogers, and Lloyd Bridges were like the biggest names. It was a great show. Especially if you're into I, modeling I, I, and fashion. I, I worked with Brent Vaccaro for 13 weeks on Sarah, a TV show that didn't make it at Universal. It was, she played her in the modern day cowboy girl. I was on a horse for 13 weeks. I was in pain. Brenda, Lucky you. Lucky Better than you than me, honey. <laughs> we, we used to hang out in her dressing room. There's a long story. I, I've told it before, but I'll, I won't make get, it short. I can't tell it now. She was sitting in, no, I can't. It's too long of a story. That's also good. It won't come off right. But anyway, (laughs) Brenda is a sweetie. She's an Italian girl from Texas, and her parents owned a pizzeria in Texas. I know, I know. We know each other for decades. I love her. You know what? Tell her, Ron Russell said he's mad at her because I called her up not long ago, and her husband answered, and he was rude. And he said, Brenda doesn't speak to people anymore. I said, what the hell are you talking about? Put Brenda on, and he hung up on me. Well, maybe that's why I haven't heard from her in a while. Her husband's crazy. I heard he was a big drug. You know what else? There's not a show that you weren't on in the 80s and the 90s and now, because I went on your IMDb and like you're even, except for last year, you're working all the time. One of the shows that, uh, and I'm bringing it up because we're, uh, we have, we, we're, he's a big Fran Drescher fan, and she was on Happily Divorced, and we've had both of them, her and her husband, both on the show. Oh, I know Peter well. And, uh, we, see, we saw Peter the actual before this COVID thing. Do you live, do you live in, in, in California or New York? I kind of had the impression you lived in New York. You know, I lived in New York in the 70s, and then I lived there for a year when I was doing a show in the 90s. I go back and do theater occasionally, um, but really, I live in L.A., but I oh, love okay. Fran. I love Fran. I, she is just so fabulous, and she does such wonderful things for charity, and she's yes. such a talent. She I love her. Are. Meanwhile, she came on our show in a she didn't when, know it was video. She didn't know it was video. She thought it was radio. So there's Fran, and she said, oh, my God, this is television. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nobody told me. She I goes, had to ask. I asked. I got up early and washed my she, hair. <laughs> she, didn't have a, she did not have a stitch of makeup on. Her hair was soaking wet, and she was so pretty. And I told oh, her. she's I beautiful, said, and she's the main thing. She's mainly is she's also beautiful on the inside. She does so much work for cancer and all these different charities and uh, just a wonderful, lovely lady and so sweet. I mean, it's always a joy to work with her because she's just so sweet and very giving. Not every actress you work with is very giving to the other actresses. Fran Fran didn't come from fog from where I live. We live maybe almost apart. And I know the type of woman Fran Drescher is because I dated a lot of girls from Flushing. Before I came out. Before I, <laughs> before I came out. When I, was, when I was discovering who I was. Stop. Yeah, well, we want to hear those stories. <laughs> anyway, the girls from Flushing are Jewish girls, basically. You know, I'm Italian, so we used to go out with the Jewish girls because they used to say terrible things that they did, which is not true. Oh. Fran Drescher, maybe some. 
Fran Drescher is a real, what we call in Yiddish, Hengishim blood. She's a homebody, good girl. She loves her parents. She loves Peter to death. I am so happy. I'm going to give a little bit of gossip. I understand from the birdies that Peter and Fran may be living together again because they love and adore each other. They just won't have sex. Because Fran said it's not the most I know important. so many marriages like that. Yeah, well, I think well, Peter, Peter was hysterically crying when I spoke to him about it. And he said, I love Fran more than anything. I'm just so sorry that I'm gay and I can't be the guy she wants. And I said, bullshit. Every woman, I'm 80 years old. If I tell you the chicks that chase me, old ladies, they want to marry me. They said, I don't want sex. I just want a husband like you. I said, what makes you think I'm 80 and I don't want sex? <laughs> <laughs> you know, as long as it's... Well, if that, Ron, if that is true, I'm so happy for them because I know they adore each other and I'm just happy for whatever makes them happy. Well, it's rumored. I, I should call Peter and ask him about it. But um, I hope so because I love the both of them. Peter is one of the sweetest, kindest, most gentle men in the world. And Fran is the same. God made them to be together. I don't know why... He was born gay, but that was the mistake. But I think they can rectify it. You know what? As you get older, sex is not the most important thing. Cuddling and hugging is. Don't you agree? Well, it's all important. <laughs> but the hugging and the cuddling is also very important. And, you know, and the, just the, also the character side. The older you get, the more you appreciate people who are kind and who have a really good sense of humor and who can who can keep you entertained <laughs> and, uh, and fun to be with. I want to ask another question. If Cary Grant were alive today and wanted to go to bed with you, would you? Well, if I weren't involved, uh, oh yeah, you know, I met Carrie. Uh, we 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 did a um, hosted Chinese New Year's together at Caesar's Palace one year. He and uh, Greg Peck and I, we all flew in on the Caesar's jet together. That was fun. Oh we got. Huh? They're, you're beautiful, and they're both gorgeous. They're like, I mean, I, Harry, I, they're so gorgeous. I told you, Jimmy and I are married nine years, and I told you, I cheat. Grant. Well, he was, yeah, he was gorgeous, as was Greg Peck. But the, the funny thing is, uh, Willie Nelson's an old friend of mine. And um, Willie had been playing at the amphitheater. And uh, so he and his wife had come off. We came off stage and they said, oh, we're going to Dinah Shore's house over in Bel Air. You want to go? And I said, well, you know, I don't really know Dinah. I don't want to crash your party. And they said, oh, no, no, it's real casual. Come and go. So I get in the limo. We drive over the hill to Bel Air. We walk in and there uh, is a buffet laid out in the foyer. Beautiful. And there's Greg Peck standing there. And so Willie just stopped cold. And I said, are you OK? And he says, I love Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck is my favorite actor. And I said, I said, have you ever met him? He says, no. Did you know him? I said, yeah, we've done some charity work. Do you want to meet him? So I take Willie Nelson over to meet Gregory Peck. <laughs> and they gab for hours. They gabbed and gabbed and gabbed. So finally, we're in the limo driving back over the hill. And uh, Connie and I are talking. And, uh, and, and Willie says, Gregory Peck thinks I am a good actor. And I said, oh, that's great. That's great. He saw Electric Horseman and all this. Said, and Connie and our time, he said, no, really, Gregory Peck thinks I can act. And I said, well, that's great, Willie, because you are good, you know. And, and he says, no, really, he thinks I can act. I wonder if he's ever heard me sing. <laughs> so cut to you know like a year later i'm getting on the jet the caesar's jet to go to vegas to host chinese new year so i get on there's gregory peck there's carrie grant and so gregory peck leans out of the island and says morgan you're a good friend of willie nelson's right and i said yeah and he says 
you know, how can you get me in touch with him? Can you give me some contact info? And I said, oh, sure. It's in my luggage when we get up back then. Uh, I said, when we get to the hotel. And so Cary Grant leans out over the aisle and he says, who? Who are we talking about? Now, this is like 1984 or something. You know, Willie's everywhere. And uh, who are we talking about? And Greg says, uh, Willie Nelson, the country music singer. And and uh, Carrie says, oh, is he that chap that sings? And he starts into this thing that sounds like on the street where you live for My Fair Lady. <laughs> but it's the Cary Grant version of On the Road Again. <laughs> and it, I wish I had it on tape. <laughs> so, so then I get then I get then I get to to the hotel and I call Willie and I say, Now listen, Gregory Peck wants your contact info. I would never give your contact info without asking you, is it okay? He says, Oh my God, yes, it's okay. What do you think he wants? I said, I don't know. He didn't say. He says, oh, I, he thinks I can act. I wonder if he wants me to be in a movie with him. I said, I don't know, Willie. He didn't tell me. And so finally, it turned out Greg was producing the Oscars that year, and he wanted Willie to sing on the Oscars. But oh, cool. as big an honor as that is, I know Willie would have rather be, be in, in a, a movie, movie with Gregory Beck. <laughs> Morgan, Morgan, did you know Lee Winkler from Global Enterprises? Everybody's big manager. Uh, I'm sorry, say again? Lee Winkler from Global Enterprises. He was every star's a business manager. Not Bert, every. Oh, yes. Everybody in Hollywood that was hot. Burt Reynolds, all the way down the line. That's how I, I mean, I met. I didn't know him, but I met him. You've met him. Okay. He was my best and dearest and closest friend for 40-something years. We're like Actually, brothers. Everybody in the chat room, like, loves you. Everybody, see, and, everybody in the chat room, I think, was worried that you were going to be a bitch like you are on TV, too. No. Because they're all like, oh, my God, she's so fabulous. She's no. so wonderful. We love her. No, Best no. story ever. No, no, no. Out of all, out of all, that shows that how good an actress you are. No, no. Out of all the celebrities I have met, and I have met everybody in Hollywood for 50 years of work of being around, Rhonda Fleming was the only bitch that I ever met. Who? Rhonda Fleming was oh, not really? a nice She was a stuck-up snob because oh, she was married to Man Theater. She's dead. She, oh. was married, <laughs> she was married to Man Theater. Look at her face. <laughs> no, she was married to Man Theater. And she thought who the hell she was. And she was Jane Russell's best friend. And Jane Russell was my like my sister, my dearest friend in the world. And she was so rude to me when I asked her to come on and set the record straight. And she talked down like I was... Garbage. So hang on. And my show is number one for a long time. We have two minutes. And here's what we're going to do. First of all, you guys. So you're, this, you're coming back. Morgan. This is Morgan Fairchild, you guys. She's fabulous. She's wonderful. She hasn't aged a day since she was on TV. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even want to talk about it because it's scary. Now, everybody's texting me messages how beautiful you she, are. And that Morgan. Tell them thank you. It. Thank you. Morgan, listen, I don't blow smoke, okay? Say again. I can't hear you. I don't blow smoke up butts, but if I didn't know who you were and I met you, I would think you were 45 years old. Oh, well, thank you. I, mean, I got a birthday next week. There we go. So everybody, you have not aged at all. You got, you guys follow have Morgan. You, wait, have you seen yeah. Sophia Loren's movie? No. no. Oh, my God. She doesn't even look like her anymore. She aged terribly. And I made a movie with Sophia in 59, 1959, and she was breathtaking. And then I oh, watched I love her. her. She's one of my faves. I She's love a her. Very, very sweet person, by the way. Very lovely woman. I know. I've met her a few times. I've yeah, met her very, a few times. Very lovely, but she don't look good. You have to do something. <laughs> Well, That's I mean, my good. God, she's getting in her late 80s. Give the lady a break. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 80. She's 86. 
<laughs> I, was, I, I was 19 when we did that kind of woman with that one who remained my friend 50 something years. Tim and I were like brothers. And Jimmy met him right before he passed away, two weeks before he passed. Hang on, let's go. I gotta get this in. Yes, go, go, go. All right, so in. you guys, this is Morgan Fairchild, you guys. First of all, follow her on social media. It's M O R G F A I R on Twitter. It's Morgan Fairchild number one on Instagram. Uh, on on Saturday, February 6th, you can go to wizardworldvirtual.com to get tickets, and she's doing a, a meet-and-greet, a virtual meet-and-greet for Wizard World. Um, then she's doing Fan Room Live Sunday, February 21st, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, again, a virtual meet-and-greet. Uh, you can do all kinds of cool things with her. She's fabulous. You see how, how nice she is on the show. You're going to have a blast. You know, please support her. Follow her in social media. Watch all her things. you got to watch Paper Dolls. It's fabulous. You also oh. got to watch Fashion House. I loved Fashion House. Also, oh, thank I was you. a clothing designer, so all the fashion stuff was my favorite. And you guys, she's not a bitch in real life. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. You see that in her Twitter. She's very cool. No, but I said to Tiffany Hedrick, when I interviewed her, I said, when you did the birds, and the scene where you go into the bedroom, and what's her name, that wonderful actress is in the bed, and you have to bring her tea. I didn't get it. Your character changed. And Tiffany said to me, well, she suggested to me I not play it like a bitch because people are not going to like me. She said, so we turned it around and I went in very caring and sweet. And I said, how could your character do that? She was a bitch to you, the old lady. She didn't want you with her son and made it quite obvious. Tiffany said, well, they did it because she's a grand dame. What was her name? The one that was married to the other man forever. Batteries are not occluded. What's her name? English actress. Anyway, we she got, was we in got the birds. Go. In the birds with Tippy Hedren. Uh, Tippy Hedren, do you know Tippy? Yeah. Love, 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 adore, She's adore, wonderful. adore. I love her more than anything in the world. Tippy Hedren. Did people real quick? Did people ever give you like roles? Now that Wait, you're... I didn't finish. Tippy Hedren and I were at Blackwell's funeral at the Four Seasons Hotel. We got drunk and we were making out. <laughs> That was before me. That was before me. <laughs> Tiffany and I were hugging and kissing. We love each other so much. Wait, do they, ever, do they bring you roles? That you, I noticed one of the films that you've done recently, and, and your character's name was Grandma, which I have a hard time seeing you play a grandma because you don't look like a grandma. <laughs> uh, but, like, do they give you – you get? Are, are some of your roles that you're getting now not playing the bitch? Oh, yeah, yeah. I played a grandmother in that one. I wore a short gray wig in it. And I played uh, I played Mrs. Santa Claus in one uh, that was out like last year and ran again this year. And I did another playing a mother of some young man in a romantic uh, comedy for another one, uh, Christmas in Vermont, you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't always have to play the bitch. <laughs> Although it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I want to make one point. Jay. I'm a senior citizen. I have six movies waiting for me to make. I've just shot four. I am working now more than I ever did when I was a young man. Because when I was a young man, the competition was tremendous. I was up against all the gorgeous men of Hollywood. Now I'm the only old bag that's still alive and they grant me when they can. <laughs> because, because I still can speak and I can see. <laughs> and so I just want you to know out there that like, like Lauren Bacall said to me, no movie is old until after you've seen it. And I want to say one thing. A movie star is over, over in Hollywood. It's, it's a legend. It's, it's something they gave us. It's history. And Morgan's work and, and Jane Russell's work and Pippi's and everybody else's work is history. Never in front of me ever refer to it as, oh, that old stuff? I will punch you. 
<laughs> You're fabulous. So, Morgan, thank you so much. But another thing, Morgan. Oh, we got to go. Well, I got to ask her. I know, but let, let us take you to lunch. I want to talk to you about set the record in another in a movie that you made. Well, when COVID is over. When COVID's <laughs> over, let's, let's yeah, I'm not going one. anywhere now. I am the what best up? COVID COVID person. I go nowhere. I wear my mask, and I'm you know I'm uh, living at home. We will call you, and Jimmy has maybe a good part for you in the movie. And I definitely, I, I definitely want to put you up there with my celebrity list of great stars. And, and <laughs> Thank you. And, and everybody wants set the record straight back. That's all they do is they write. So it'll be a TV show. It's a good one. It's not the crazy one like here where we talk pretty and get nuts. It's a very, very sophisticated. We were clean with her anyway. So everybody, this is Morgan Fairchild. Please go to fanroomlive.com, uh, book a ticket, uh, meet her again, follow her on social media. We want to thank I mean, do you, you for coming how, on the show. Look how beautiful she is. They're doing a close-up right now. I cannot believe thank that, you. that your beauty has lasted this long and is still stunningly gorgeous. Well, you're very kind. I appreciate it. No, I'm not it. kind. I'm telling the truth. Kindness doesn't go in this. <laughs> so anyway. If you were an ugly troll and I said it, then I'd be kind. So, Morgan, <laughs> we want to thank you so much. Congratulations on everything. We're big fans. We love your work. Yes, and, and now that I know thank you, guys. I see how sweet you are. Now I'm even far more fonder than you than just your beauty. <laughs> I know that you're a good girl. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Have a wonderful Bye. week. Thank you, too, you too. Thank, thank you for coming on. What a lovely girl. Yes. She's really terrific. Beautiful. See, even Joan Collins, that everybody thinks is an evil bitch. Joan is a Gemini. Joan has Joan Collins has my personality. She could be funny sarcastically. And you never know how to take her. Joan can like my friend Perry Winkler was dancing at a party, and Joan Collins was dancing at the same party. And they went back to back. And, and Perry said to Joan Collins, I want to thank you so much for bringing gowns back and glamour through Dynasty. And Joan Collins, I forgot what the hell did she say to Perry there? Perry got upset. I don't know. Anyway, anyway we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to guess. Okay. All right, let's go. Let's start bringing in our second round, you guys. This is a busy show today because we've got three groups of guests uh, coming on. And there's one that we know, Mr. Stephen, who just writes Stephen. He doesn't write Stephen Perkins, but we haven't seen him in quite a while. So hello, hello, Stephen. Say something. Let's make sure we can hear you. Hi, old friends. Well, young hey. friends, but old souls. Oh, old young friends. How's that? Why How are you, yes, Stephen? My young friends. Then we have Daniel Schumann. Schulman, Schulman, sorry. And we have not had him before. Daniel, hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Let's make sure we can hear you. Oh, I don't hear him. I have to say something. Can you move him out. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, spit so. out. Spit I don't out. Think he, I don't think he hears us. Yeah, I don't think he can hear us. Uh, hey, Rebel, can you do something? Is his mic on or something? Or send him a message? I hear him typing. I know I can hear him typing, though. That's funny. He's got that. Now his mic is off, and now his mic is back on. Daniel, can you hear us? Don't type. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on Mary's secretary. It's very quick hands. Very quick hands. Very fast. Uh, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell Eileen to text him. Okay. Uh, Eileen, text Daniel and tell him that we can't hear him. Ask if he can hear us because we can't see anything. Daniel, say hello. Move your mouth. <laughs> All right. Let's just talk to, to the, Stephen. To the drummer. So Stephen, who are you sitting? Who are you sitting in front? Of? Like, what gold records or platinum records are you sitting in front of? Well, let's see. Behind me, I got Chili Peppers, Nine Inch Nails, Jane's Addiction, Rage Against the Machine, Porno for Pyros. I love it. 
You know? Not awesome. That's it. Now, if you get Johnny Mantis, you're really made. But he's in all. He won them all. <laughs> I know that. Too, but now, if you get if you get to play for Johnny Mantis, you're really in. There so Daniel says he can't he, he can't hear anything. He can only see himself. That's weird. Well, um, turn your volume up. Let's see. It's straight. If you turn, to, you talk to Steve and turn. Well, you know, most of my life I only see myself anyway. So Morgan Fairchild, wow. Isn't she stunningly beautiful? I mean, she's, she's a, ten, a 10 times 10. I mean, come on. Yeah, and, and she's a woman, you know, 50 plus. And she's gorgeous, yeah. And now we have Gilby. Let's see if we Gilby. can hear Gilby. Gilby, hey. say something. Can we hear hey. you? Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, all right. All right, so two, two out of three, we're doing good. Two out of three, we're doing good. We couldn't hear Daniel. We had him go out. We're having him come back in. And we know Stephen already, but we don't. Well, we know who you are, but we don't know you. We've never met so high. I'm Jimmy Starr. This is Ron Russell. It's very nice to meet you. And uh, I, I think. I want Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Stephen. How are you? Hi, Gilby Clark. I, I, I really like Steve a lot. And I don't like too many people when I meet them for a short time. And I really like you because you're a very fun guy. You're smiley. You, you have a sense of humor. We could play with you. I like that. A regular yeah, joke. Some I guys, can sense, some I can guys sense humor. But some guys think who they are because they have a Grammy or some kind of an award. <laughs> it's here today and you're gone tomorrow sometimes. So forget. You know what? You know, in LA, you're here today and then gone later today. Right. Yeah. Here in the morning, gone in the afternoon. So first of all, guys, since you're both here, and we'll have Daniel do it too. Eileen is like texting me. Make sure you have him say hello to me. Um, so please say hi to Eileen Shapiro because she's not in the chat room and she's like texting me on my phone. So it'd be great if you guys say hi to Eileen. Hi, Eileen. Eileen, thanks for all your help, first of all. And uh, we miss you here in Los Angeles. I hope you're taking care of New York and keeping it warm. Yes, she is. Oh, yeah. She's got her breasts. It's a breast thing. Okay. <laughs> so, so everybody who doesn't you think know, I wasn't going to make a tit joke about it? <laughs> You're crazy. You're crazy. Well, hang on, Daniel. Say something. Let's see if we can hey, hear you. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Hey, yes, hear all right. You. So now we have Daniel Schulman. Hello, hello. Welcome, Daniel. Let me do a welcome Thank now for much. everybody. I'm going to do right. a welcome for everybody. Now we want to welcome Stephen Perkins, Gilby Clark, and Daniel Schulman to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hey. Good to be here. Happy this, to be here, guys. This here is my go. cool, outrageous man about town, uh, Ron Russell. I forgot who he was. <laughs> You know what? When you get the divorce papers, yeah. just read the signature on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have a chat room with uh, all kinds of countries being uh, represented. So please say hi to everybody in the chat room, you guys. Uh, sayonara, shalom, ciao. <laughs> Let's get back to Stephen because I know Stephen the best. Um, I have a question. No, I wanted to say. She has a question for you. No, wait. After the, yeah. we just, are you, let are me you make, lovers or partners or both? What is it? We're married. We're married. married. You know, we're married for nine years. Ten years. Almost ten. ten years. <laughs> Stephen. Congratulations. Thank you. I have got to say, we've discussed this before, that I call you like the new nowadays Gene Krupa. You really move those sticks. I mean, you're good. I love to listen to you, and I'm so sad that we can't, because of COVID, go to the Dome. I so yeah. enjoyed going to the Dome and listening to you and, of course, the saxophone player, whatever that jerk's name is. <laughs> <laughs> Who I Gilby, love very much. Gilby He's a dear best friend. I think Gilby came to one of the shows. He did, yeah. 
Dome. They're great. One of the great shows. Really one of the coolest places to play in LA. It doesn't have great sound, but Love the whole it. experience was Love just it. unbelievable. I, I told Tyler he's got to play there with you guys, and Tyler said he would love to. Tyler? The guy that wrote the finger book. Oh. Is that, is that, he's talking about Leland Squire. Oh, he's Leland. talking about Leland Squire. We love Leland Squire. He's been on the show like 10 Leland. times. And I said to Leland, you got to play with the boys at the Dome. And he said, I would love to. Could you imagine you, a saxophone player, whatever his name is, and, <laughs> Leland, and, and Leland playing on the same set? Woo! And Gilby and Daniel. You couldn't sell so, a ticket. You so couldn't hang sell on, a first ticket of all, under hundred bucks. Real quick, in like five sentences more. I, I know who you guys are, and I don't want to brag for you. So tell us what bands that you've been, you've played with and who you are. Stephen kind of did it before you guys started, but we'll let him do it again anyway. And then Gilby <laughs> do it, and then Daniel do it, and talk a little bit about that. And then I want to bring up one thing with Gilby, and then we're going to talk about your new uh, your new video that you guys just did. Well, Go ahead, Stephen. Stephen. I'm a drummer. I started with Benny Goodman, and then Coltrane, and then uh, and then James Group, a whole bunch of other bands you might not ever heard of. Screw all the other ones. Benny Goodman did. He was joking. Oh, he's like forty years old. No, nobody really bonifies anybody's resume anymore. So you can say no, whatever I, you want, I, Stephen. That's hilarious. <laughs> you, know, you know what it is because I'm still alive and kicking, and I know Benny Goodman, not, not personally, but his music. I'm mm -hmm. 80 years old, so I forgot that uh, Perkins is only about, what, 78? No, he's like, no, he's a baby. Uh, he's like, his kids are only like, like 10, so and he's got to be young. And Eileen Shapiro said he's hung like a mule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're is, almost that 18, is. aren't you, Steve? Actually, for as far as as far as like rock star penis sizes go, like you're like at the top of the list of a lot Eileen of lists I said that are on, on the. I said to Eileen, "How do you know?" She said, "I look one glance and I tell you exactly what I got." I said, "You're amazing." She said, "All right, so let's go to the next one, Gilby. Tell us." About it. <laughs> okay, well, I play guitar and uh, I played with uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, the MC5, uh, Heart, uh, Nancy Sinatra. Did a, yeah, I did a couple records with Nancy and a couple tours with her. Uh, boy, uh, Slash the Snake Pit and uh, and of course Halloween Jack, the greatest band of all oh, time. You forgot Halloween Jack. That's what we're here for. So we forgot about good, that. Good, good, good. All boy. right, Daniel, you're up. Yeah. Okay. My name is Daniel Schulman. I'm a bass player. Uh, when I was a teenager, I lucked into playing on some Run DMC records. I love them. Uh, which led to me playing with Warren G who had a really big record with Regulate. Uh, then as I got into my 20s, I joined the group Garbage and did some world tours and records with them, which led to the greatest band of all time, Halloween Jack, <laughs> with Perkins and Gilby. I played in a few different bands with Perkins, which most people may have never heard of, but it, one of the bands, Double You Know, is kind of connected to three of us because Gilby used to do our sound and Perkins used to do percussion, so that's how I kind of got to know these guys. Yeah. I love it. It's so funny because like I used to be a celebrity clothing designer and and I dressed Elton John and I was at a concert and Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC. I got was there, like there and sitting in the front row next to me, so I got to meet him and I was like so freaking excited. I get super excited, you know. I'm I get excited too. I met Johnny Mantis three times. <laughs> so Gilby, real quick, I want to go before we start talking about the New York Dolls and you guys' this new uh, new video. So. Uh, and I don't know if this is a, uh, something that you enjoyed doing or you didn't enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. I was a huge fan of that TV show, Rockstar Supernova. Oh, right on. 
because it was the first show that like it wasn't like having a button together. Hang on, what, what, is, noise? what is that noise? I don't know. That is somebody typing. Yeah, that's it happens when we have too many people. I think I don't know, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, because Rockstar Supernova. Hang on, mm -hmm. let me see. It's you, you son of a. No, one crackling. <laughs> so no, I don't think so. So Rockstar Supernova was the first show that actually like looked for a rock singer. It's not mine. Hang on, let me see. Hang on. My first. No, it's no. not mine. Okay, so anyway, well, it was Rockstar yours, Supernova. Yours, we'll see if it's mine. Uh, so I loved the show. I thought it was like a great show. It was a lot of fun. And um, uh, and actually, after the show happened, and like I guess after you guys like did whatever you did, because I don't know really what happened with it afterwards. But we actually had um, we had both Delana and Lucas Rossi came on our show. Oh, fantastic! Um, uh, Delana's been on the show several times. Lucas Rossi was only on the show like one time. Uh, I thought they were like. Like they were terrific. So, so how was that for you doing? Because that's kind of different for a rock star to like then go and look for a like a singer, you know, uh, on a TV show that was way out of the norm. Yeah, and and that's what I thought when when I was approached to do it. I was a little worried because I I never thought rock was really represented well, like on a TV show or whatever out there. So uh, I did have some hesitation, but actually uh, Perkins's good friend Dave Navarro kind of gave me some advice because he had already done the show before and I had a chat with him and he kind of convinced me to do it. And Mark Burnett, the producer, I, I can't say more great things about him. He was so awesome. He let us be ourselves. He never wrote any words for us to say. He really just said, just, just do your thing and be honest. They, I think, you know, the, the TV audience needs to hear rock and roll represented correctly by, you know, real guys that are out there playing every day. So yes, I, I yes. loved it. Right. Yes. Was he a good kisser? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get that opportunity. <laughs> Actually, though, everything Mark well, we actually, turns to gold. Uh, we ended up doing a, a, a tour together. That's true. Half the cast on the tour, basically. Delana and... Yeah. Um, and also Lucas, of course, and Gilby yeah. and, and T. Lee, one of our favorite drummers of all time, and uh, yeah. Navarro. And yeah, it was a good tour, actually. I mean, it was know, a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I did too, man. A lot of fun, you know. And we we were off the stage by nine thirty, so we had the all night ahead of us to keep having the fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and it's, for that it, tour, and I didn't get the gig. Oh, oh! <laughs> for 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 what part, Daniel? For for uh, the singing or or for in the band? I don't know for for playing bass, but I, I've I've let that go. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is how I actually got it was there were two seasons of Rockstar. The first one was for the band In Excess, and then yeah. the second one was you know we they made a band to have the singer for. Well, the first season they kind of wanted like an all star band to be the backing bands when the singers came up. So I actually auditioned. I, I, I had my band was myself and Ryan Roxy on guitar, uh, Johnny Colt and Steve Gorman from the Black Crows on bass and drums, and then Dizzy Reed from GNR and Keys. And we auditioned, and that was one of the ideas when they saw us. They were like, well, maybe next year, you know, we should try something different and, and start a new band. And so that was kind of the trigger for everything. You know what's wow. missing in this little bunch of squares? What? Saxophone player, Scott. We're <laughs> not in Halloween, I, Jack. I, I don't give a shit. We could have thrown him in there. I like Scotty. Scotty's a dear friend of mine. Anybody you see Scott lately? No. Hiding. Yeah, I see him all the time. You know, not in person, but we have a we have a project to go, uh, together called the Rock 
talk show. So All I right. see Scott twice a week for our days in our in our. Because he does. Uh, Scott's an amazing. When I grew up, I wanted to play jazz players, and no one in LA had a saxophone or a piano. Really, it was about guitar and bass. But when I got to meet Scott later on in life, I was just so attracted to his his personality. First of all, but his <laughs> saxophone playing so gutsy. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's awesome. one of our sweetest dearest friends. Yeah. Guts is oh, a good okay. word, and, and I love his wife also. Uh, on when. Wayne. Wayne. That's how I remember her name, but John Wayne. Wayne is a sweetie, too. All right, so now we got Halloween Jack here, you guys. Now you're not Guns and Roses and Garbage and Jane's Addiction. Now you're like, you're Halloween Jack. You did a, a brand new video. The name of the song is Trash. It's a tribute. Uh, first of all, it's a cover song. It's yes. a tribute to the late Sylvain. Sylvain from the New York Dolls, who I actually met at uh, Trash and Vaudeville like many, many, many years wow. ago. Wow. When I was like young, because I was a clothing designer, and I used to go there all the time to see what kind of shit they were making. And um, he recently died of cancer, which is uh, super unfortunate. But you guys did the video. And, and I believe for real rock stars, um, New York Dolls, that's like one of the most influential bands like around, like for when you guys were growing up and, and getting into all of this, right? So why don't each one of you give us a little take on on the whole, like uh, how, you came, how this whole thing came together. I think, Stephen, it was your idea, so you should start it. Well, Halloween Jack was about five or six years ago, and we did about 15, 20 songs at Gilby's home studio. And when Sylvan passed away a couple of weeks ago, I was in the shower where all the great ideas come. <laughs> and I thought, oh, man, we did such a good cover of Trash. Wouldn't it be cool if we did what now everybody's trying to get this, in, a, in a sense, a Brady Bunch type of video together when everyone's separate and we do our little squares and, and film separately and do a little love card, a little memory, you know, a, a memory love kiss to Sylvan. And we already had the mix together, but we did get a chance to add one of the great guitar players of all time, Steve Stevens, mm -hmm. who uh, I can tell was really influenced by the dolls and by his sound and his look and his attitude. And uh, Gilby put it together for us and mixed it. And our friend Mark Almontano did the video editing. And, um, you know, it's really about a band that, had courage, uh, they stuck to their guns, they did whatever they liked, and it, you know, one or two records later, it still stands the test of time as one of the great bands. And everyone from Motley Crue to Alice Cooper to Kiss imitates them. Yeah. You know? I love it. I remember when these groups first started, everybody thought, oh my God, what noise. Yeah, we were used to Peggy Lee and Johnny Mantis, Frank Sinatra, and all those crooners, all soft music. And then suddenly all this screaming starts and the banging and the boing, 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 woo, 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 woo. I said, friends of mine, that shit will never happen. It's going to come and go. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it came and went because now I understand it. And as an old guy, I appreciate it. When I was young, I hated it. I thought it was noise. You couldn't even dance to it unless you were loaded. You had to do a little, you know, a little LSD and a little coke and then maybe some downs or maybe a couple of quaaludes. And then you might be able to understand the music. Oh, I don't know. For me, seventh Not grade. Not that any kiss. of you boys know what I was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, I was like, None of you know what a quaalude is. I, was, I have a. 714. But like Picasso, Salvador Dali, it's not, you can't understand it. You, It's not for everybody. But it changes yeah. things. You know, there was a moment before Jackson Pollock threw the paint, he was actually using brushes. 
And one day he had the balls to say, I'm going to throw the paint. And I well, have to have courage. I wish I had one, though. I'd but, sell it in a freaking heartbeat. <laughs> did, did, you know, did you know that his sister was a very good friend of mine? Friend of Zelda, his sister was a dear friend of mine. And she had her apartment in New York loaded with his work. I yeah. think that's funny. All right, Gilby, you you're up. So so wait a minute, go back to Steven. So who were some of like when you were like younger before you got into a band, which you started really young, like who were some of your influences that made you want to go into a band back then? Like when you're like twelve years old and you're like, I'm gonna be a fucking rock star. Oh, I'm sorry, you're talking to Steven? Uh, I was talking to Steven just to answer that part, oh, and then yeah. I was gonna let you. No, no, Steven. Steven. Who 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 oh, like, when you were yeah, when you were ten years old or twelve years old, who was like the person that you you know, the band, the, the one well, or two bands that you were like, oh, I my had, God, this is my band. I had three records. I had uh, one Beatles record, one Jackson 5 record, and one Sly Stone record. And there it is. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. What was the Sly Stone record? It was, uh, you know, the actually it was. I love Sly uh, The title, I can't recall the name of the record, but um, it had some 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 of the hits, but a lot of the songs that aren't hits were on it, and uh, just so much soul and so much, and the lyrics really touched me. And I didn't realize they were from San Francisco. I thought they were like a Detroit band, but uh, now I knew, you know, now I know they they were a West Coast band. But um, yeah, that all, all that's hilarious. All right, Gilby, your turn first. Gilby, tell us real quick who were your influences when you were like a little boy, a, a little bit. <laughs> Little Baby Gilby. What was Little Baby Gilby <laughs> well, like? Little, little Baby Gilby's first concert was Kiss. Um, I love Me too. <laughs> I loved Kiss. Uh, but I, I, for at, at that time, amongst my friends, it was a fight. It's like, if you like Kiss, you weren't allowed to like Led Zeppelin. If you like Led Zeppelin, you weren't allowed to like Kiss. But yeah. I like them both. I, I, I love Led Zeppelin, Kiss were my favorite bands, Aerosmith, Alice Cooper. And then like a couple of years later, as I was really getting deep into music, I, you know, as I became a musician, I started getting into like Rush in UK, you know, trying to be a better musician. And then I had an English girlfriend and she turned me on to The Clash. And that just oh, changed. What did you she turned you on to The Clash? The Clash. <laughs> the Clash. I thought you said she gave I collect action figures and I have like I have a set of Kiss dolls that are like 24 inches tall and they each one plays their hit song when you press Oh wow wow Can I ask a question Am I a square because I love Steely Dan Yes I thought Steely Dan was one of the best bands out there. I love their music. <laughs> I think they're, look, they're a great band. Obviously, they're iconic. But yeah, you are square. There you go, Gilby. All right, so tell us a little bit about the New York because I love Country Joe and the Fish. Nobody knows who Country Joe and the Fish is. I, I don't know who Country Joe is. <laughs> <laughs> so Gilby, tell us now. Okay, so the New York Dolls. Give us yeah. a little so anyway, when, when I discovered The Clash, like I said this is kind of the late uh, 70s. Uh, I also discovered the New York Dolls, who, who would at by that time had already come and gone, but something just really resonated because I always loved bands like the Stones, Aerosmith, and to me the Dolls are kind of like in that vein, but they're just you know obviously a lot more glamorous. Like their look is just you know extremely striking. So something just struck a chord in me, and as a guitar player, I, I just really related to Johnny Thunders because I wasn't like an Eddie Van Halen kind of guitar player, so I could really resonate you know with Johnny Thunders. So man, I, I mean I wore. And at that time, it was vinyl. I wore my vinyl out 
you know, of the first two records. And from that point on, the Dolls have always stuck with me. I mean, I, I still say they're one of you know my top five favorite bands of all time. The like Dolls, boys or girls? Boys. Boys. They call themselves the Dolls. New York Dolls. They wore like women's. Were they? Women's a, were, they a, were they a little on the gay side? No, they're just rock stars. They're like real, like rock stars. They dressed in drag and called no, themselves the Dolls. No, don't be disrespectful because I'm not disrespectful. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. You, you know what they are? Because actually, there was an HBO t- miniseries about the music industry and the band that they fashioned it that they were following. It all was fashioned after the Dolls. I forgot what that TV show was, but it was on HBO. It was but amazing. Yeah, it was a they dressed as blip in Scorsese's TV career. Yes, no, they were they were the first band to wear makeup and eyeliner and make it glamour glam rock. Oh, like, that's how glam rock, yeah. you know, all the people like got it from. They got it from the New York Dolls. Like, Everybody like got it from our the friend with the blue hair. Yeah, like Ricky Rebel, but Ricky Rebel. you know who Ricky Rebel is? No, they're not gonna know Ricky Rebel. <laughs> Ricky Rebel is hot. He's like a weirdo. Now, if I so like, on, if I like Chicago, well, I, I swear, if I like Chicago, another thing that's interesting. I didn't hear that. I said, am I a square? I was going to say, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we had them on the show. Two weeks ago. Fact, I love Chicago. All right, so go. Okay, now go. What are you going to say, Gilby? So like, I was going to say, what's interesting about the New York Dolls is, uh, you know, they came out in like 73, 74. They actually didn't sell very many records. Like, they weren't really considered a successful band as far as, you know, record sales and, and hit records. But if you ask nine out of ten musicians, even today, they will cite the New York Dolls, you know, as an influence. So that's how you know they really influenced musicians, artists. You know, they just had such a huge impact. You know, not just their music and their look, but what they were doing at that time. And like Steve was saying, you know, they really stood out. They're like rebels at that time. They did something that no one was doing at that time. I love it. I love it. All right, so now we're going to go to Daniel. Daniel, first of all, it's Daniel who pops. Yeah, I'm not saying a word because I'm a square. Okay, you're a square. Don't pop. <laughs> Daniel, uh, first of all, tell us who were your influences when we were young. I, I have a hard time, like, even recognizing you because the pictures that were sent to me for you were, like, promo pictures where you got, like, eyeliner. I mean, like, you look all, like, like a totally different person. Like, I don't even recognize you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but go ahead and uh, oh, first off, okay, go ahead and we're gonna bring Scott to actually gonna be Jack, I say actually probably started. Ah ha ha ha! Thrill seekers. Oh, there you are, you old bag. Oh, look at Jack you. probably started when what I was up? in elementary what school. Up? Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're interrupting. You're interrupting. Where can I finish talking? Go ahead, Daniel. And then Scott, full of heroes. Scott, shut up for a second. We're going to let you talk Don't in a minute. Don't you to Scott that <laughs> You're fucking okay. homo. Hang on. <laughs> so hang on, Scott. We're going to let Daniel finish. Go, Daniel. Go. Now he disappeared. I said to everybody, where's Scott? Let me know when why you're is, ready. I said, why isn't Scott here? And now there you are. When I was 10, I dressed up as Alice Cooper for Halloween. So I think that's where Halloween Jack really started. There you go. But when I was 10, I dressed up as Jane Russell and I made a career. I don't know why Scott is But I will say this. My first favorite song was back Jack Do It Again by Steely Dan. So I'm there with radio before I discovered, you know, Kiss and Led Zeppelin. And then everything totally changed and it was all FM radio. But... Hey, you know, Daniel, you just totally like made Ron feel well, like. Well, if he's, if he's, I was definitely deeply into Elton John, who I did get to meet and hang out with once. I dressed him once as a clothing designer. He was fabulous. I was, I thought, such a blast. 
Um, okay, and so and so the New York Dolls obviously are a big influence. I mean, you were in garbage. I think I'm in. Uh, I hate that garbage. How well, named the group? Fabulous group. I mean, really. <laughs> I bought an album today. Garbage. It's fabulous. It's so awesome. <laughs> That's like you, I, Yes. Without a doubt. Hey, they call Jimmy Jimmy. Without a doubt, garbage deeply into the Dolls, and Shirley was definitely in bringing glamour back to rock and roll. I love it. All right, so now we have Scott here. So, Scott, you already know all these guys. You've probably done stuff. So everybody, this is Scott Page, saxophone player, cool guy. And uh, so, Scott, do you know anything about the New York Dolls? And if you do, were, you, were they an influence for you? I'm looking at the two New York Dolls right now. There they are, oh. Steve Perkins and Gilby, right? <laughs> oh, no, no, you Ron. That's of course. Oh, I thought you met me, you son of a bitch. He did. He said, no, I met you. <laughs> You know, I, I didn't. I never really followed them a lot, so I don't know a lot about them. Obviously, know of them for sure, and you know, obviously, one of the great sort of influential bands in that genre. But uh, yeah, I don't know a whole lot about them. How about you, Perkins? Did you know a lot about them? Absolutely. You know what's funny is like punk rock. I think started with Iggy, and Iggy was nineteen sixty nine. And then, you know, a lot of people talk about the Ramones and New York scene and, of course, what happened in England with, the, with you know, the Clash and the Pistols. But between Iggy and all that was the Dolls. Mm -hmm. And it's a punk rock band with a lot of glamour. And when the first time I went to New York City with Jane's Addiction in 87, we all went to Trash for Vaudeville <laughs> and said, how do we dress like the Dolls? And that's the store we went to. But, you know, I don't know where the Dolls pulled it from because you can kind of trace all the bands and even the pistols had Malcolm who dressed them and the clash had their, their team that helped them figure out what to do on the back of their jackets with the, with the stencils. But the dolls were just this original, unbelievably uh, just brave band. And, you know, you think about David Johansson, he's the only living member now yeah true true and, yeah uh, what, what, what was so what was oh. so brave about the dolls they were the first in one. 1957 i went to a gay bar on long island and i saw all men with makeup way before the dolls <laughs> <laughs> so wait you guys okay so you guys first of all you guys tomorrow the video is coming out the name of the video is trash and it's the New York Dolls cover song. First of all, uh, Steve or Gilby or somebody, tell, how did you pick that song? Why is that the song that you picked to do the cover of? Well, I think when we were when we were uh, doing Halloween Jack Live, we all kind of made a list of the songs that we wanted to cover that was kind of in the glam rock, you know, genre. And uh, I think all of us had, actually had trash on our list. Mm -hmm. It's just it's an iconic song for them. I mean, it's such a a great subject. It, it kind of. To me, besides personality crisis, it's like their anthem. Yeah. I think which is... Uh... Scott Page, I have a question for you. Sure, go ahead. I've already told Leland that we're having lunch because he doesn't live far from you. So as soon as COVID's over, we're having lunch. You, Leland, me and I. Let's uh, do it. I, well, wait a minute. I also said to Leland, I think that he should be playing in the dome with you guys. And he said he'd love to. He would love to play with you guys at the Dome. So, one of these days, yes. I will give you. I will give you free publicity if you have Leland play the Dome. No problem. We like that. By the way, have you seen Leland's book yet? I just saw it last night. He sent me. Sent me a copy signed. It's unbelievable. I've been pushing it all the time. Unbelievable. Are you guys in it? Hours 
turning pages, thousands and thousands what, what, of people flipping what, them like crazy. Are you in it, Stephen? Stephen's in it. Stephen, are you in Leland's book? Finger. Yeah. Stephen, are you in Leland's book? I am not in the book, but you know, um, I do oh, have two fingers. If he, there we if go. There you go. You're in it now. Yeah, well, you know what? He's doing another book. He said he's going to do another one. He'll and, put us in it, so you know, we'll make sure you get in you'll it. be in it. I, we fell in love with Leland. He's a great guy. We, asked, a, Leland, when we asked Leland when he, we asked Leland when he started growing his beard. He said when he was 17. He still hasn't shaven since then. Wow. I know. He is one cool guy and one nice person. <laughs> he never shaved. Hey, Gilby, yes. have, you, have you played with Scalar? No, I haven't. Nope. Wow, no. I thought yeah. you would have by now. That's I thought you know who he is. Who's what's with the Scalar? Yeah. I mean, do you know who he is? Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> How about you, Daniel? Do you know Leland? I hear he's one of the top up in the business. Yeah. Yes, we had Jimmy did the resume of him. He played. Yeah. I can't believe it. Scalar's been on twenty six thousand. I don't know him personally, but right. yeah, he's, he's played twenty six thousand records, twenty six hundred albums, basically. He has played. With Imagine that. That's insane. That's insane. Incredible. He has played with everyone that sings. The list goes from Dion Warwick to John Ross. I mean, they back all, to Robbie Rose. All these Rose. guys got that shit. Johnny Mantis who played for. He is just, One of my favorite records of all time. Look what it is. Oh, he got frozen. He froze. Who froze? We got a, One of my froze. favorite records of all time okay. is Spectrum by Billy Cobham that he plays on. Which is oh, I didn't know he was on that Spectrum's record. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. So you guys, your video, it's coming out tomorrow, you guys. The name of the video, the name of the song is Trash Again. It's a video tribute to the is, yeah. All you got to do is go on YouTube and plug in Halloween Jack Trash, and it'll come right up, you guys, to watch it. We want to get a bunch of views. We want to get it out there. Uh, it, you see all these, and that's Scott. That's not, not it. me. Um, I've, I've heard it, though. I got a sneak peek, and it's really good. Um, exactly. Scott's not in it, but Steve Stevens from Billy Idol is in it, you guys. Another great guitar player. So it'll be, you'll see Steve Stevens, Daniel, Kilby, and Steven Perkins uh, on the video. It's like a four screen split. It's a fabulous video. Everybody does their little part. And um, uh, I think it's freaking awesome. So number one, congratulations on the fact that you guys did it. I think it's cool to, to pay tribute to someone who uh, was an influence in you, in your life, uh, especially since all of you guys are so successful. Um, yeah. I ask a silly question because I'm not hip on this crap. <laughs> what, what did you think of What's it? I forgot his name. The one with the big tongue. Gene? Uh, Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Oh. Mick Jagger. <laughs> big lips. Big lips, not big tongue. Oh, whatever. He had big Jagger. Uh, <laughs> Gene Simmons. If, if you, if I liked him, am I a square? No. He was Rolling Stones are influence. Mick Jagger. I Actually, none Jagger of that. None of, none of them picked the Rolling oh, hey, Stones as an influence. Oh, Daniel says awesome. Though that they're awesome. Oh, how about the other one who I love who died? On your red shoes, baby. What was his name? If you put Jagger's lips and his tongue together, you really got them to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was like Mick Jagger. He married the beautiful black model. What David that? Bowie. David Bowie. I love David Bowie. Oh, yeah. So do we. Is he, is he, am I a square? He was a pretty good talent. <laughs> I loved his performance because. Listen to Scott. No, the one song I loved is Put on Your Red High Heel or Red Shoes, Baby, or something. Fabulous. Let's dance. Let's dance. That's it. That was a Let's good song. Let's dance. I love that song. <laughs> Let's oh, my dance. Friend.
Am I square because I like Let's Dance? No, everybody likes David Bowie. No, no, David Bowie's a, he's, man, he's one of the greatest artists of all time. Period. How about, how about the old man that's still around? There's 100 and you know, and long brown hair. What's his name? Want a lot of people don't know. Beautiful that, wife. A lot of people don't know that Steve Ray Vaughan played guitar. What was that? What was that? Uh, Say that, Perkins. Stephen Ray. Stevie Ray Vaughan. The great Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh really? Yes. yes. I didn't know that. I, I love that. Either. Yeah. A great beat was a good song. Good music. Hmm. It was haunting. It was good. The other one is the old man that with beat. the wife on television. What's his name? Yeah. 100 years old with the long hair, the brown hair. I don't know. Willie Nelson? He's got a son that's a puppy guy that supposedly. You know who I'm talking about. Same. You guys know who he is. He's got a center part, long brown hair. He's older than me. He's got a beautiful wife. And they had a teenage boy. Sonny and Cher? I don't know. No, Sonny, my ass. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter because we're out of, out, of, out of time. All right, you guys. So this is his name will come. To this is Halloween. Thanks, you guys. Famous rock and roll guy. It's more famous. Talking about Ozzy. He's old. He's got brown hair. Died. How long? Older than me. Been around forever. He's famous. He's always stoned. They make fun of him because he's always loaded. When hey, Willie play. Nelson. You talk about no, Willie Nelson? No, 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 no. His wife is that beautiful woman. She's got a talk show on TV. She's lovely. Well, he is so fucking famous. I can't think of age sucks. Let me tell you. <laughs> still on television now? Yes, he's 130. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. Who did that? Oh, Ozzy. Ozzy. <laughs> Who got Ozzy? Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, you get a gold. Daniel, you get the gold. You get a gold star. Everybody likes Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy yeah. Osbourne. Old, like he didn't even talk anymore, but he's good. He's really not that old. I'm sorry. He's older than me. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not older than you. <laughs> the only one older than me is Christopher Columbus. Oh, anyway. All right, you guys. So this is Halloween Jack. We've got Daniel Shulman, Gilby Clark, Steve. Stephen Perkins. We don't have Scott Page, but he's visiting. I know. Uh, I know these guys, so it's okay. It's like Steve Stevens is going to be uh, playing on the song. The video drops tomorrow. Please go to YouTube and watch it. Uh, check out those press all over the place for it. Just Google it; it'll come up. We want to congratulate you guys. We want to thank you guys for all. Well, even uh, Rebel wrote Ozzy in here. I didn't see it, but we want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Congratulations on all of you on such a successful career. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, you know, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Ron. Thank you. We thank wish you guys, guys best of you. luck in everything that you do. And anytime and you got anything to promote, let us know. We'll bring you back. Anyone who's not aware. Tomorrow. And uh, Scotty. 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 Yes. Wait, Scott. Yes. Give Wayne a hug and a kiss. Okay, I'll do that. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. I will take my team. Bye, guys. Yay! What a cool group. How cool is that to have like all those people that have won like Grammys and all kinds of stuff? Good, good show today. We had a lot of so much talent. Oh, it's Perkins Palace Studios. Is the YouTube channel that it's on, you guys? So you can look. Thank you. We want to welcome a lot of people. Showed up in the chat room. Bill Victor Erican is in there. Uh, Cambria, I think I said hi to you earlier, but she's in there. And Backpack, Backpack John, who wrote Keith Richards. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the whole show is like rocking. Let me see. Uh, so John Blasco so is much trying talent. to get in. So much talent today. I love shows like this. I'm so amazed at Morgan Fairchild. She's stunningly beautiful. But, you know, she really held her looks forever. You don't think? She did. And I still can't remember where I met her. I think it was up at... at San Pietro's Pizzeria in Beverly Glen. 
pretty sure it was that. Okay, but now now we're working on our next guest. Trying he's trying to get in. Everybody has a trouble if they've never done StreamYard before. Who's our next guest? Our next guest is John Velasco. And what does he do? John Velasco is probably one of the most accomplished behind-the-scenes music people in the world, and he used to, I think he managed Tina Turner. I uh, talked one, to him. One of the many things that he, he did. I, I know love, he I'm not sure exactly what I he did. I love Tina Turner. Are you, Tina's one of my favorite. Patti LaBelle and Tina Turner are my two beautiful women. I love the both of them. So real quick, you guys, you can hear the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell on our home channel from 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific time, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time on W4CY Radio. You can also hear us on K4HD Radio in Los Angeles, Jackalope Radio in Kansas City, Missouri. We're on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Automatic, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spreaker, Apple TV, Podbean, Spotify, and Pandora. On television, we're on Comcast, Roku, Vimeo, and Jimmy Stars World TV, which is on jimmystarsworld.com. And um, we want to thank Eileen want- Shapiro for helping set up all these interviews today. So that, uh, everybody that's coming on, Eileen helped with. Um, so we want to thank her because she's fabulous. And We and, love uh, Eileen. I love Eileen. I also want to say I mentioned all these celebrities of yesteryear that I've interviewed. If any of you are interested in seeing those interviews, go to YouTube and look for the Ron Russell's Set the Record Straight. TV show. And I don't know how many are up there, but I think there's quite a few interesting ones up there. And I want to thank Teresa Saban, too, for doing such a good job on finding all this stuff that she's dumping. Usually B does it, and I think uh, B's not here today. Hopefully she's okay. Oh, and Meg is in there. Hey! Maggie, I'm going to talk to you. She says, says, listen to your messages. (laughs) Yeah, I I did, but I I thought you were in Hilton Head. That's why I didn't call you so. But I guess you're not. Okay, I'll talk to you later after the show. Oh, and Pat Grant joined us, too, mm-hmm. during that last uh, sometime in here. So, hello, Pat. How are you? Hopefully all is well. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to send him a message to come on in. I think he, he, hopefully he's, he Meg, did he's you like think, ready. What did you think of, of Morgan Fairchild, Meg? Gorgeous, huh? And Don, welcome back, because Don missed us last week, so welcome back. Welcome back, Don. Um, oh, that's uh, Rebel, is John there? Because, like, uh, he said he's there. Whatever happened to that guest that never showed up a couple of weeks? Nothing. I don't know. Did he, did he die, maybe? I don't know what happened to him. Maybe something bad, because we've never been able to get in touch with him. Really? Maybe he died from COVID. Um, so, Eileen, he's, wow. I don't think he's in the right one, because they said he's not there. Are you sure you got the right link? Okay, talk for a minute. I mean, that's hard for me to do. No, oh wait! Now he is. Now he is. Okay, here he comes. Here okay. We go. Here we go. Loop. Loop. There you John, are. say Good something. Afternoon. How are you? Fine. Now that I made it. <laughs> hey! All right. Now I would try to say something else. I just want to make sure we can hear you okay. And now we're happy to see you. I know it's been it's been fun getting on. <laughs> okay, good. Good. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. The legend of behind the scenes in everything music, publishing, licensing, producing, advocating, consulting, and managing the fantastic John Velasco. Hello and welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Does legend just mean very old or what? (laughs) I was called a legend once and I thought, no. No. (laughs) When I'm 100, call me a legend. Not at 80. 80 years old, I'm on my way to legendary. There you go. So this is my cool, outrageous man about co-host, Ron Russell, who's also my husband, since we do business together. You've never met, so say hi. Hi. First question. 
What's Tina Turner like? No, no, wait, wait, wait. We're not ready for that. I'm busting at the seams. I love. I told him that you worked with Tina Turner, and then I told I wasn't sure uh, what capacity that you worked with Tina Turner. I love. So you have her. to tell him real quick something because he's. Oh, it was many years ago. My sort of mentor and partner, Mike Stewart, uh, signed her, and I was looking after her in the UK. We moved her to UK, so I was taking care of her there and set up her tours and stuff with Barry Marshall and. Uh, you know, and really just started her off on her new angle, so to speak, being solo. How was she? Uh, fabulous. Oh, she, she's wonderful. She's actually quite a real hard worker. She used to work harder than anybody. And a, nice, a nice lady, right? She's nice as a person. Really lovely. She and my wife used to go out and spend all the money they shouldn't have spent. But part I, of I, I, I like her. <laughs> I like her more now. <laughs> No, she she was really lovely. I mean, and to everyone, she was, you know, she was just. Well, that's, that's, that's everyone listening to this under prayer. Tina Turner, that she gets completely well. She's not been well lately. There you go. No, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, all fingers crossed. Absolutely. Also, John, we have a chat room filled with people. There's tons of people in it. Just say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, everyone. There you go, and then you got to make sure you we say hello to Eileen. We always have to say hello. Everybody says hello to Eileen. Of course, hi Eileen. Yeah, and it's, uh, I've actually been texting her like crazy, saying, "Now what do I do?" I know. <laughs> She's been texting me the same time. She's texting me, uh, and so it all works out. And we want to give a quick shout out to uh, Brian Sebastian from Movie Reviews and More, who's in the chat room. So hey, he's also a fellow W Four C Y. Oh yeah, hi Brian. Good to so say hi to Brian too. There we go. Okay, so tell us a little bit about you. First of all, I have I wrote some notes down ceo of md25 entertainment some of the people that you've worked with and i don't know what capacity but they're all such cool people i have to just like brag for you um <laughs> fifth, fifth dimension tony orlando and don Thelma houston yes black sabbath elo abba tina turner john denver davy jones i don't know who how david is but he was like uh, he must be somebody important because he's like on everything Tommy Boyce, marvin gay and more like who is oh, how david oh, wait yeah. who's how david Hal David is backracking David, who wrote almost everything from Raindrops Keep Falling on Your Head and got ah. amazing writers. Oh, that's funny because we had BJ Thomas on our show when he and he won a Grammy for for singing Raindrops Keep Falling on Our Head. That's right. Yeah. I mean, no, one of the most amazing songwriters of all time. And, and Marvin Gaye was one of the greatest losses to music. Oh yeah, no, he was he was a person to be around. We um, again with Mike Stewart, we looked after him when I made the deal to take him from Motown into CBS, and then uh, put him into really from between London and Belgium. He was living, and he made his album in Belgium when he was there. Wonderful it. talent. His ain't no mountain high enough for Tammy Sherrill. Still the best song out. Right. Incredible talent. The I mean, the voice and amazing. Tragic ending to his life, but a wonderful person. Yeah. Because you have done so many cool things and everything you do is behind the scenes. So so people like you're like the silent like leader of like every nobody really knows who you are, but like like everybody who's successful, you know, like you've had such a big hand in putting it all together. I wrote down that you helped put together Elton John live in Central Park. You produced yep. some kid projects like the Care Bears and the Cabbage Patch Kids. Um, and, and then I wrote down, and this is what I want to know because I don't know what this is, but uh, you're a board member of Terror TV. What the hell? I'm a big horror movie fan. Is Terror oh, TV a real horror? It's a friend of mine that has probably the biggest library of horror movies. It's a company called Brain Damage, and they distribute it as well. 
and just came up with the idea that actually it's sort of half launching right now to put all his stuff on a terror channel, which is a really fun idea. So he's just working out how he actually monetizes and put together, but he's hundreds of horror pictures. I and, love that. I, I, make horror, I make horror movies. I've got well, six well, movies. well, he's got a full studio there in Arizona, which is just a hop and a skip for you guys. Well, I hope that he puts some of the movies I'm in on. Oh, I, I, I do all horror movies. What? He has to have the rights to them. Oh, he has to have the rights? He just can't put them on. I just do them. I don't... I don't produce them. Yeah, he's just he's just in on I'm it. just an actor, common little shitty actor. Wait, do you like horror movies at all? Like, yeah. Is that something you would watch or not really? No, I mean I want I like the ones that are sort of tongue in cheek, the fun ones, you know, that uh the the, the others are I mean I, I like um I don't know, fun movies, things that take you out of everyday worries and life and everything else. I like to be entertained basically. Like right. the old days. We didn't have to get uh, a reality crap. Now I watch television. I said to Jimmy, if I see one more person sitting on a toilet bowl wiping their ass in a movie, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> you know, that, that's not entertainment. Well, you know, the funny thing talking about that, did you hear that China just came out with the best test for COVID? It's, it's ass checking, which is amazing swabbing. <laughs> I've never heard of it. It was on the news this morning. I didn't nearly stop driving. It was like so now, what, now. What do you do? You drive up. You stick your ass out. I, that's what I'm dying. That's what I'm dying to know. What happens at the end of the day? <laughs> well, that's what you do. You drive up to the guy. You put your ass out the window. He gets a swab and he swabs your rectum. That's really what it sounded like. <laughs> wonderful job. I I love his job. Give him credit. Yeah, and he's not joking. We were on Netflix last night looking at movies and like like there was all kinds of like titles. Everybody and on and they show bar. people on the toilet, and that's the picture, the album cover, the movie cover for the movie. Is and like I said to on the Jimmy, toilet. this must be a new thing. <laughs> a new trend. No, we saw that beautiful redhead. What's her name? Ju Ju Julianne Moore. Julianne we saw her in a movie. Before. Sitting on the toilet bowl, taking a dump, and then she wipes her butt and looks at it and throws it in the toilet and blushes. And I thought, Julianne Moore didn't have to do that. She's <laughs> a big star. She didn't have to do that to be in that stupid movie. Oh, she should have said, cut that crap out. <laughs> cut that shit out and be more like it. It's, it's how you think of actually putting that scene in the movie, which is interesting. I know, that's right. But Julianne, she's a big star. And she, doesn't, she doesn't need that kind of junk. He knows like every big star. He like knows I know everybody. that, but I mean, I know that uh, Jane Russell would never do that. She was my best friend. Jane never. Uh, she she didn't like any of the. She, Jane loved the censors. She uh, said, thank, "Thank God the movies that I was in." She said it was censored. Otherwise, they'd be having her do everything. Actually, yeah. sir. So everybody who who tuned in on November twenty fourth to watch the Soho Johnnies, uh, let me help Inc. Celebrity benefit concert to raise money for COVID and uh, anti-bullying and all that stuff. John is the one who actually produced the show, uh, put the whole thing together. Wow, what a, what um, a it show. was a fabulous show, and it was for Soho Johnny. And I'm I'm tying all of it together so we can also give a shout out to Soho Johnny because we met John Velasco. Eileen and I met John Velasco through Soho Johnny, and now John consults and works with a lot of John's companies and record labels. Wait, and I stuff. met him. No, you never met him. I never met. No, I haven't either. Except for on the phone, but <laughs> so I'm tying it all together. So number one, let's all say hi to Soho Johnny. Oh, absolutely! Hey, Johnny. No, he he's the man behind a lot of stuff that you never hear about. I mean, the guy is such a giver. He's amazing. He uh, he supports so many charities and has done for years. 
He's so a good friend. Nice finally, you know, his name is actually getting out there as someone that does all that. Absolutely. It's fabulous. He's a dear, dear friend of ours, and his best friend, Nino, may become my son-in-law one day. <laughs> <laughs> know. So one of the projects you're working on is is, is Johnny's Record Labels, and, and we have an artist that you guys signed, Animes X, and I know that you sent me a text message this morning that their, their version of Strawberry Fields is coming out. I think it was uh, – I'm doing this from memory now. February 27th, is that right? Uh, 26, yeah. 26, great. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, Animes is a really fun project. It's almost sacrilege what we did to the song, but uh, as you've heard. But uh, no, the whole idea was uh, years ago in uh, Japan, they had an idea of doing um, the Disney songs, but in metal rock. And it just went wild. They got to number one in the charts. They went did arena tours. So I had the idea of like, instead of doing a lot of Disney stuff, just do every song but do it all in a in a rock version for kids. So we had a, actually a Broadway plan uh, last year to do it this year because there's hardly anything on, as you probably know, during the day for kids in Manhattan. Yes. So our idea was to go in while the theaters were dark and do two or three shows and then out before the main show and really do it at a price so kids could actually watch the shows, like 35 bucks a ticket or something, which would have been really fun. It's so important because I remember growing up, the Howdy Doody show was the reason I lived. I couldn't wait to watch Howdy Doody. And he taught us all kinds of morals and manners and things. And it was a wonderful show. Somebody should bring a show back like that. Actually, that, that's a good idea. <laughs> to, teach, to teach the children what these stupid parents don't. Parents yeah. don't teach their children. Please, may I thank you. All right. You're, you're right there. That's what drives me crazy is that so thing. We, so we should have a nice puppet show that the kids love with the puppet. Actually, say thank people. you. Say may I, you know, teach these kids manners. We're losing our decorum. We're losing our being polite. So for anybody who didn't follow that whole thing, though, uh, Animes X, uh, they take, well, they started out, they took Disney songs and kids songs and made them heavy metal. And it is amazing what they can actually do. Uh, with it all, they put a Christmas song out uh, this year. Now they're doing a cover of the Beatles, "Strawberry Fields Are Forever," but in a heavy metal like format. So, like Don Hinton in the chat room, you'll like love it. Like all you, all anybody who likes real cool rock, and it's not just like music. I mean, these are like famous musicians who've gotten together to put this thing together, and uh, it's amazing. And the first song will be coming out February 26. I misspoke earlier, and um, you can go to their website. It's I think it's AnimesX.com actually. That's it. Yeah. And animes with a Z or a Z. <laughs> yes. you know, I, I sense there's an English accent somewhere. I certainly hope it's still there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Where are you from? London? Uh, from the Midlands originally, and then, of course, London before I came here. I came here for two years, 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you came here for two years, 30 no, years well, ago. Well, you know, we came to I came to California in 1950. I was a baby, a little boy, 10 years old, and we came just for six months. Well, that was 50 years ago. But anyway, uh, London, I can hear a London accent. Yeah, thank you. I, like, I like the London accent the best. I, I always think it's funny when someone from England comes here and, and within a month they've got a Brooklyn accent and I never quite work out how that works. I have a Brooklyn accent, so watch it. <laughs> yeah, you see, you didn't lose it either. No, the funniest I, thing I, was I, have no, I have notes for you. I go back to Brooklyn just to – I love when I go see my Brooklyn friends. Yeah. I walk in and they say to me, 
sound like a fag. I said, what do you mean I sound like a fag? He said, you sound like those California faggot guys. I said, what are you talking about? And 20 minutes later, I'm speaking Brooklynese. And they said, oh, thank God Ronnie's back. <laughs> they hate it because, you know, out here they say, oh, you know, it was so nice. And they almost have a weird accent in California. <laughs> and Rod's from Brooklyn. Ron I'm born Brooklyn. and raised in Brooklyn, Red Hook. You can't get any more Brooklyn than that. It's amazing how that place has changed. It's amazing. Oh, my God. I was born in the Red Hook Projects right after, during the war, you know, 1940. And it was a lovely neighborhood. The projects were all mostly Jewish, Italian, black people. And it was a lovely time. Everybody got along. Then it changed and it became a horrible But And now you can't afford Red Hook. I know my, my son lives in Brooklyn and he keeps moving further and further away because the prices go up. I mean, Red Hook, you can't get in for under 500000 anything decent. And we lived in the Red Hook projects. We had a bedroom apartment. And I think my mother paid $21 a month rent. And it was hard because nobody was working back then. Oh, right. Well, my father was an Italian immigrant, and they thought he might have been with Mussolini. So they put him under investigation. He wasn't able to work. My, oh, mother, my, mother, my mother had to go to work as a soda jerk in Woolworths while my grandmother watched me. But hard times back in America then. So everybody today, if you're bitching about how hard it is, back to when I was little, it was harder, <laughs> harder than today. You know, it was hard. So what made you come to me? Like, because I know you're doing all kinds of stuff. Did you come here to work for CBS? You didn't yeah, correct. Yeah. I mean, I got to a point where, um, yeah, they offered me a position here to buy my company. And so I made the deal. And uh I was funny. I was supposed to be before that. I was traveling between London and L.A. all the time, and I was supposed to be in L.A. And then a month before I left, it was like you've got to be at the head office in New York. And I, my famous line was, "You know, I'll never live in New York. I pass through New York." <laughs> and like I said, thirty years later, I'm still here, still in New York. You know, I've, I've, I'm a New Yorker, and I've lived in Manhattan. And I've got to tell you that my life in Manhattan was so glorious. Uh, at five o'clock, the doorman would ring up and say, so-and-so is here for cocktails. And all my friends would come up, 10, 20 people. We'd have cocktails in my apartment, and then we'd go out to dinner. It was mm. the most glorious time in New York City. And everybody was in the business, important, famous, or whatever. So everybody brought to dinner table a fabulous story. Here in California, so different. <laughs> <laughs> Need I tell you, so different. Well, you can imagine me coming from, well, I lived, was living in Wimbledon, so it was quiet and nice. And uh, I used to go in the city, obviously, to the office every day. But I come to Manhattan, and suddenly I've got sirens through the night and all this stuff happening. And it was like, well, you know, you know the, the size of an apartment compared to what you get anywhere else is, is like a box. So it was really quite a shock when I first set out. <laughs> uh, did you go to Wimbledon when you used to live there? Yeah, it's a fun thing because um, what happens is a lot of people there with day tickets, when they come out, we used to just wander down there and they'd give us our tickets. So we just wander in with their tickets and never pay for it. Oh, I we, love that. It was really nice that we used to see the evening matches for nothing. I was a competitive tennis player all through uh, through college, actually. And, uh, and so like that was like a big thing for me. Uh, I'd like to make a comment about your comment about living in a small box. Remember one thing, living in New York is quality, not quantity. Mm -hmm. Because that little box that you live in, I would trade places for a very big house here in Palm Springs. 
go trade places in a minute with you. Because when you go down your elevator and out your door, the world is there. Everything and anything you want and the most incredible people in the world are New Yorkers. You have to agree. <laughs> oh, they, are, they say New Yorkers are mean and rude and awful. Yes, we are, because that's how we were raised. But if you fall down, we pick you up. We are kind people. New Yorkers have a great... I'm talking about natives, not the jerks that come into Ohio or something. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not the Sex in the City gang. You know, all the girls came there to be, you know, Sex in the City, the movie. I'm talking about the natives who were born there are the nicest people. Oh. I find that California, and I've lived here many years, you don't make friends that you make in New York City. New York, you make yeah. friends, close friends. Here, it's all cocktail friends or luncheon. Yeah. Well, the, the trouble to me with New York really is it's like you, you don't see any native New Yorkers unless you go to Brooklyn or somewhere or Bronx. Oh. I mean, I'm close to the Bronx. So, uh, you know, it's mostly tourists and it's people from everywhere. And they're, some of them are wonderfully rude. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I know all the old bags in New York. Yeah. You know, the old timers that are still, of course, we lost hundreds of them. But yeah. there uh, still are some of my old crew growing up. And it's wonderful because when I go back home, they're like family. When I'm there and I come to California, very few people I call family in California. There's a different temperature, different mood. Uh, New York is full of Jews and Italians and Irish and German. It's a wonderful blend of, mm -hmm. of years ago, you know, when everybody came to this country to build America, build the skyscrapers, mm -hmm. make the subways. Uh, most people have stories. Young people that are there today, their stories are only about going to lunch and what, what designer shoes are you wearing, which is really shallow. Yeah, it's very sad right now. I was down actually in Soho this morning and the roads are empty. I mean, it's really, and no one's in there anymore. It's very odd just to drive around. It's uh, where you used to be so used to sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. It's, uh, it's, it's a whole different place than it ever was now. And I think it's getting more like, you said, because it's like there's no tourists there. It's only the local people that are really there now. Yes. Well, if you get rid of your governor and your mayor, New York may come back. Because I know nothing, <laughs> I know nothing about them. So all of my friends in New York said the mayor and the governor are the worst ever. Nobody likes them. They all want to get rid of them because the mayor and the governor are crazy. Don't do politics. No, it's not politics. <laughs> it's not politics. I'm simply reciting. What is told me? I know I didn't even know who the governor was of New York. Could you imagine me not knowing? And well, my that's got a bridge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they named one of his one of the bridges they changed. What, I can't what, stand wait, the wait, what, what bridge did they change? They changed the uh, oh god! Now I'm trying to think what the bridge. It's now the Mario Cuomo bridge. It's up here in Westchester. It was the uh, oh. No, I don't get shit. Let them put Cuomo up. But, yeah. but they better not change the Brooklyn Bridge or the, <laughs> or the Manhattan Bridge. So let's go back. So all the, all the things that you've done, because you've done a lot of things, what is like, what is one of the things that, that you enjoy doing the most? Also, you're also part of Allied Artists Entertainment. You have MD25. If you, and you've done so many things. I, I, the most interesting thing I did uh, was the first tour of India for a band. And that was probably something that, uh, you know, I'll never forget as an experience. I spent a year going in and out. So imagine hitting a country that never had a real tour of a real band. They didn't know about staging, about anything. 
So, I mean, it was like you, I had to learn the language where you go on the stage and say 10 elephants can stand here, three elephants stand. I mean, it, it's a whole, I mean, they didn't know about circles. I mean, a funny story, I, they, were, they wanted to manufacture everything themselves. So I had a truss flown in from America and it was lost and we couldn't find it anywhere. And uh, I went out to the airport one day to pick someone up and there was a painter standing on it using like a ladder. So, <laughs> because they had no idea what it was. But uh, no, so we had, you know, imagine no arenas, nothing. I mean, so in the end, I used cricket grounds, and which were the biggest areas out there and really built everything from scratch. It was a very exciting time. We went all the way around. I couldn't go there for a long time because I don't think I could eat the food. Well, you know, it was surprisingly good. My, my wife came with me and she had a suitcase full of cookies, which was just <laughs> <laughs> my, my sister was married to a, a movie produ documentary movie producer, and he went to Africa to shoot a documentary. And my sister brought a suitcase full of hair bleach. <laughs> because she didn't want anybody to know she wasn't a natural blonde. <laughs> I, never, I never forgot that. I said, Nita, what'd you pack? She said, Oh, I got all my blood, my bleach. <laughs> and anyway, listen to this story. It's true. My brother in law, and I don't know if he was pulling my leg, I doubt it. He said that they ate people, African with the tribe they went to, because they found a man with all slices in him and herbs stuck in him in the sun tied up. They were curing him to eat. And I thought, oh my God, if they see my sister's chest, they're going to see Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> my sister was quite zoftic, and I was worried. I said, oh my God, they eat people there, so they are cannibals. Do you like working in film better or music better? Because you do both. Or do you like, like them equally? Or is it one? Because I know, I, I know more about your music ventures, but I know you've had a lot of film ventures also. Yeah, no, it's really, I, I'm a, a music publisher at the bottom of everything. No matter what I do, music is always the, the, the grounding of it all because that's where the money is. And no matter what you do in entertainment, music publishing is the bank. That's where, you know, nothing goes without music. I mean, if, if you know, if, you, if you're a, a record performer, you don't earn anything off records, but you right. do off the publishing of the song. Yes. Now, did, you, did you ever do anything with Patti LaBelle? No, nothing at all. I, I, I had a song recorded by her called Is, Isn't It a Shame, which was one of the songs which Randy Edelman wrote, which was one of my writers. So it's uh, no, it's just that the sad thing is, as well, a lot of young performers out there which don't know about publishing and are losing a lot of money by not knowing about it. I mean, I make you know, actually, if not recently, but I used to meet kids on tour and everything and just loosely talk about it. And they think, oh, they've registered their song. They're getting all their monies. And most of them didn't know that you have to register as a publisher as well. Or for every dollar, you're getting 50 cents. Okay. Just something as silly as that by just not registering correctly. And it, it's, I, I just think it, it's sad that more of them don't spend more time seeing what the business is about. Because well, uh, what do you think about the hijacking? Well, the, music hijacking. you got to be more specific. Oh, about uh, people stealing the songs and then uh, not paying for them. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, that that's, you know, it's a really interesting gray area because there's people out there, musicologists, that can base, if you want to, they'll take it all back to classical music at the end of the day. 
I mean, the scary thing is, is that recently, as some of them overturned, is that uh, the arrangements have been, uh, you know, there's been lawsuits about the arrangement of the song rather than notation, which is odd. So, I mean... We, we yeah. have, Stevie Nicks said she will not record anymore. She only does concerts because they stole all her music and she didn't make any money. So, yeah, well, that, Nicks, I mean, she's big. Oh, absolutely. No, that's why you need a good music publisher to make sure that you do actually get everything that you deserve out there and to also use them. I mean, you make a lot of the money on actually working the songs so that you put them into movies and into TV shows and ads. And that's where it's so good owning the song and it, it's fun to do that. That's one of the fun parts is trying to use a song in as many different ways as you can, much like we're doing with Anime's X. I mean, we're doing things with the songs that you should never be done with songs if you like on some of the better songs, but it's, it's just, it's really, it's a fun area to be in. It's much more creative than just writing. Uh -huh. song. Our good friend C.C. Penniston, and I'll let Jimmy tell the story because he's so C.C. Penniston, and you know who C.C. Penniston is, right? That song, Finally. Oh, is that, a very good friend, yes. of, a darling friend of ours. She's a good friend of best, ours, best friend. and she did, uh, and her song is used in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and it's the hit song in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and she didn't get paid anything, and in the soundtrack, it doesn't even list it. It, it, no. it changed the name of the it song changed to something the name else, and, and that was the hit song of the whole film. Um, and so she's like going after them now, like all these years, 30 years later. Tell her to give me a call because I hate that. I certainly will. Yeah. Cece, you'll love her. She's a wonderful girl. She's a very talented girl and she's got new music out that's happening. But they robbed her blind. It happens to a lot of people too. Actually, what you said is important. And anybody listening who's a young industry artist, you know, he's sitting here's an expert who's been doing it for a long time. I don't know exactly how long, but a long time. So you guys should know that you should do this, This how important the publishing, um, having the publishing rights and all the stuff for your music is to make sure you file for it and Google it uh, uh, to find out how to do it because it is very important and, and, and you'll get screwed. And otherwise we, you're going to get screwed. <laughs> you know, we have had so many famous people of music on our show and so many of them have got nothing. They made millions and millions yep. of dollars selling, and they wound up with nothing. Like, what's his name? Man, Expose. Expose. Mm -hmm. Darling friend of Jimmy's for 100 years, and my friend also. We're talking about... They had eight, number, eight top ten hits. They used to fill out arenas of 70,000 people. Millions of dollars. I got paid millions. like $200 a night. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying again, is that... It's, it's not that difficult to learn, you know, how to protect your songs and how to collect it. It's really simple, but they just don't bother. I mean, most of them out there, just they go on stage and they don't even realize that every time they sing a song, even on stage, even in a bar, it's pennies, but they earn money if they register it. And that's why we see outside the bars and restaurants, those little BMI and ASCAP signs. They all pay a license and you get part of that license. Okay, John. If someone wants to contact you for your services, how will they go about that? Uh, just go to my website. It's being revamped now, but you can go to md, md25.nyc. And we definitely will tell CC to contact you and yeah. she will. And if you could help her, it would be wonderful. Because to do what they did was blatant thievery. 
Great, hmm. screw you. We don't care about you. We're going to use your music. And they didn't even change a note of it. Yeah, no, I mean, they played it. No, exactly, they played it exactly. Exactly as she recorded it without the vocal. Without the, the, um, Everybody, too, listen up. Because basically what he's telling you is, like, even though you're a creative, you still have to know how to do the business part of the business, or otherwise you're going to get screwed. Screwed big time. Um, I mean, they screwed Stevie Nicks. They screwed Johnny Math. Everybody got screwed. We have a lot of people on the show, and Ron always asks them, did you make any money? Yes, because They'll come on, and we'll be like, how many records did you sell? And they'll be like, oh, we sold 40 million records. And then he's like, did you make any money? And they're like, yeah, not really. <laughs> Johnny Mantis, who has sold more albums than Frank Sinatra, Johnny Mantis is worth is half of what it should have been. Yeah, oh, he's wonderful, wonderful person. I love him. I've met him. Uh, yeah, when I was at United Artists, uh, you know, I met him. and uh, <laughs> Who's, who's, gentle, who's your favorite? Shy, beautiful. Who's man. your? We only have like three minutes. Who's your favorite artist that you got to work? Or that you that you've met? Let's say you didn't even work with them. Oh. Who's your favorite artist? Well, the one, the favorite one I've met is Lauren Bacall, because oh, no. because everyone else is working and she was a real star. That's the difference. You know, it's it's very interesting. I knew it, Lauren for a long time up at the Dakota. And they did a benefit, a $1,000 luncheon for her, and I was going to cover it and interview. When I got there, I didn't have a chair. So I said to Lauren, excuse me, where am I supposed to stand in the hallway? She said, no, sit on my lap. So I sat on Lauren Bacall's lap, and we did the interview. Oh, when I was working with uh, Buddy Morris, uh, I flew to New York to hear songs from a new musical. And I got in the door, and they said, Betty wants to sing you the songs. And I said, oh, terrific, but I've got a couple of phone calls to make. And I had no clue. And, of course, I kept her waiting half an hour, and I walk in. Of course, Betty is Lauren Bacall sitting at, next to her pianist. And I, I was the, it was horror. I just felt so bad that I kept Laura because she was a real star. Yeah, but I'm so surprised she didn't say, what the fuck kept you so long? I'm not <laughs> saying she didn't. Lauren, <laughs> <laughs> Betty Bacall had a mouth. The, Lauren knocked them back. She could drink. And we had the best fun with her at Peter Allen's birthday party. Uh, there was a crowd of gay guys in the room. And in the middle, there was this woman who was being held up by all the gay guys because she was loaded. And it was horrible. And I loved her. She was just one of the most upfront broads. She didn't. She was real. She was honest. Oh, oh absolutely. There's a couple of them out there which are wonderful. Yeah, well, Lauren Bacall, Betty Davis, I had the quite a few of those old timers. Like, oh, yeah. They were, so, they were so you guys, uh, first of all, you can follow John on Twitter. He doesn't have a very big following, so let's see if we can get some. <laughs> He's on Twitter, though. It's uh, at John, A-O-H-B-M number one. Again, his um, his website is md25.nyc. And, um, uh, you know, you can, like, contact me, and I can get me in touch with yeah. you. <laughs> Anyone out there in trouble who's on our show, we're going to send to John. So if you're in trouble musically, we're sending you to John and let John help. Maybe he can straighten it out and get you some part. And uh, also, yeah. uh, we want to make sure everybody remembers that February 26th, Anime's X's cover of Strawberry Fields Forever by the uh, Beatles is coming out. Uh, did somebody uh, did it, right? If the yeah, Beatles. Of course the Beatles did it. Then the other thing is, uh, is uh, if for, for the foundation, the LetMeHelpInc.org, which is a great foundation of uh, Johnny's, and we're putting on a whole lot of new shows. So if they keep checking in on that website, uh, which is LetMeHelpInc.org, 
It was really terrific. You'll see some really good uh, streaming shows. Absolutely. Strawberry Fields is right in Strawberry front of the Dakota, where Lauren Bacall lived, Peter Allen lived, and John Lennon lived. And they did Strawberry Fields in honor of John Lennon because he was executed right around the corner from the Dakota. So that's what Strawberry Fields oh, I thought the about. song came out before he died. No, no, no. The song came out after he died as a tribute to his death. It was an empty field, and they planted. I've been there a million Is times. Is that right, John? Yes. I, I'm not sure of the timing, but he's quite right. That's the field yeah. right here in the park. I was there covering it when they first did the strawberry. Yeah. And I said, where are the strawberries? I don't see strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't any strawberries. It. I guess everybody was picking them. <laughs> I, I, never did, I go there quite a lot at Central Park. When I die, I'm going to throw my ashes in the Batista Fountain area. That's where I want to be, in the middle of New York, the fountain. So you guys follow, uh, check out LetMeHelpInc.org, uh, MD25.NYC. Follow John. It's JohnVM1 on Twitter. Um, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. John, we want to thank you for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. And, um, so nice, John. Um, so nice. And uh, everybody have a great weekend. We want to thank all our guests, the Super Group, Halloween Jack, Tom Velasco, and Morgan Fairchild. We had a great show. We enjoyed it. And we'll see everybody next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks, John. Stay Bye. safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay, stay Bye. safe. Bye. So in the mix yeah we in the mix it's another episode here we go the jimmy star show with ron russell interviewing the hottest news the truest of today's celebrities make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly jimmy star he's the king of cool ron russell he's a gorgeous dude chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the jimmy star show with ron russell come watch it live on w4cy radio miss some past episodes download on itunes the jimmy star show with ron russell it's the jimmy star show Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.